We talk often about critical race theory because, well, it's a subject. What we're seeing in schools is problematic and dangerous. And very often you'll have people say, well, no, critical race theory has been around for years. You're just angry because Tucker Carlson made you afraid. That's not it. And if critical race theory is just an idea that isn't such a problem, why would there be parents who have to question whether or not they're going to get sued by school districts for wanting information about what's being taught to their children? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's so good to be with you. William Jacobson joins us right now from LegalInsurrection.com, Cornell Law Professor, that he is the story. And, of course, they do a lot with critical race theory over there at LegalInsurrection.com. They run the site CriticalRace.org. The story is a woman in Rhode Island who was fortunate enough not to get sued by a school district because she wanted records on critical race theory. Uh, William, good to have you with us. Take us through the steps of what happened here. Sure. There's a uh, mom in town of South Kingstown, Rhode Island, which is in southern Rhode Island. And she has a kindergartner who's going to enter school in the fall and is registered. And she wanted to find out what the curriculum was going to be because she's heard a lot of things about the critical race theory and gender theory and all this stuff going on in elementary schools. She had heard some things locally about it. And they wouldn't give her answers. They stonewalled her. They wouldn't let her tour the classrooms so she could see what sort of posters they have. Uh, And finally, she went back and forth and back and forth. And they said, oh, you know, you've got to file public record requests. And there's a certain procedure. In fact, they have a portal on the school website. And she did that. And she filed a big one. And they come back and they said, well, that's going to cost you $9,000 if you want that. So she figured out. Well, there's a number. Yeah. If she asked a lot of little questions, okay, um, rather than one big one, that the cost would be less. And so she started to do that. And they were actually modestly cooperative. They would get her information. Uh, And then she filed more and more because no one would really talk to her. They all required she use this process. And she did it. And then all of a sudden, she sees an announcement on the agenda of the school committee to discuss filing a lawsuit against her for filing too many public record requests. Um, And that's when, you know, uh, I saw that and she wrote up her story for legal insurrection and we published it and it really, you know, took off from there. A lot of national coverage. She was on Fox News. And last night was the uh, the trial, if you want to call it that, the public meeting. Lots of people turned out about half supporting her, half against it became a proxy battle over critical race theory in lower grades, Um, some supporting it, some not. It almost became not even about her anymore. Uh, And, you know, and basically at the end of the night, after four hours, the board voted not to sue her um, to see if there was their counsel could resolve it. Um, And so they could still sue her, but at least she won that vote. But it's a really crazy, crazy atmosphere, Um, really uh, wokesters on the school, you know, education on the school, um, you know, council board for education. And it really uh, was a crazy situation where they singled her out and they put her name on the agenda. 
you bring up something interesting. The idea that she was trying to get information about what was being taught as opposed to giving her view of what she thought of what was being taught and how this meeting turned into a proxy battle. So when parents all across the country, and we deal with this in central Indiana, there are so many groups now that are setting up to ensure that there's education, not indoctrination in the schools. And when they ask any question, they're told, oh, you don't understand. No, 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 you're making it about race. It's not about that. Oh, no, it's not this. It's not that. It's not the other. But look how quickly people go uh, to that. What do you say to people as you study this and you take a look at the legal of this and they say, oh, critical race theory has been around for years. It's not what people make it out to be. Well, if you're going to sue somebody and and turn it into this fight, maybe it is what people think it is. (laughs) It's actually worse because, you know, critical race theory, they always say, well, that's just an academic thing that some law professors talked about. And to a modest extent, that's true. But what everybody complains about is how it's implemented, Um, how these doctrines with the the most misleading name uh, in recent memory, they call it anti-racism training, when in fact it's actually very racist. It's these shocking revelations that have come up about students being separated by race, about white students being forced to confess their white privilege. Um, It's about employees being subject to, you know, white fragility training. It's that's what people complain about. People don't complain about the academic study if some professors want to write law review articles about it. So it's really a dodge. It's it's the way critical race theory has shifted to training. So the website that we have, criticalrace.org, the title of the website is actually actually critical race training, because that's what we're focused on. How does this academic theory get implemented in the real world? And the way it gets implemented in the real world is race shaming, new segregation, um, ascribing attributes to people based on their skin color, uh, uh, holding people accountable for what people did 100 or 200 years ago who happened to have a similar skin color. The worst of the worst is what ends up happening. And that's what I think parents need to focus on. Don't fall into the trap of, you know, oh, this is just an academic theory. People should be able to study whatever they want to study. That's not the point. How are you implementing it? And that's what they never want to show you. That's what they never want to tell you. And that's why transparency is so important. And that's why they get so angry when you say, I want to actually see the kindergarten curriculum. I want to see which books you're reading. I want to see the posters on the wall in the classroom. Are they using these privileged circles that are used in a lot of schools? That's that's why they get so sensitive. They don't want you to see what they're actually doing. And, you know, for your listeners, I would say focus on getting the information about what is being taught to the students. Don't let them sidetrack you on this argument about, oh, it's been around for 50 years. It's just an academic theory. That, that's fine. Now show us what you're actually giving to our children. Show us what the curriculum is. Show us what is on the walls in the classroom. Okay. And if you won't, why not? 
talking to William Jacobson of Legal Insurrection. And just so we are clear, the website on Critical Race Theory that you have up or on Critical Race Training is criticalrace.org, but it is Critical Race Training in Education, and it explores what's happening on a state-by-state basis, really on that university level, describes what Critical Race Theory is, what the 1619 Project is, but you brought up something that involves now what it is, uh, lawyers like yourself, the legal battle at play when you have organizations, when you have school districts that will not allow you information. Specifically, we talk about school districts. We talk about superintendents that try to limit uh, participation at school board events, uh, things like this. When we talk about the rights of the parent, what are those rights? And when I ask that question, I mean it in this way. When a parent wants information about the curriculum and a school district says no, what can the parent do from the start before they have to engage any legal battle? Sure. Most states, maybe all states, I haven't checked all 50, but almost all states have some form of public record access process where you, for no charge, can file a request with a government entity to see certain things. Now, some things are exempt, okay, but, and there's a lot of statutes. It's similar to the Federal Freedom of Information Act that a lot of people, there are state equivalents in virtually every state. And you can use those, and they are obligated to respond. Now, they do play games. They might try to charge you an excessive cost. There's, you know, different things, but you don't need a lawyer to do that, okay? It's not a court process. It's a statutory process, and if they don't comply, in most states, you can complain to the attorney general of the state. The attorney general is the one who enforces the public records laws, and there can be penalties for the government entity uh, if they don't comply. So that is a really good first step. I would urge people, keep your requests as specific and narrow as possible. Um, Don't say, I want you to give me everything that's in the school, every piece of paper in the school. Well, first of all, they'll come back to you and they'll say, you're not entitled to everything. And second of all, they'll say, that's fine. It's going to cost you $50,000 in copying charge. So keep it specific. Is there's a specific thing you want? Request that specific thing. Don't try to make it overly broad, because if you're overly broad, you'll get nothing. And and use that process. The schools are required uh, to give you this information, and people should use it. And that's what's being used very effectively around the country. It's been used effectively for years at the federal level. Where do you think all these Fauci emails came from that are now in the news? These FOIA requests. FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests. The agencies, of course, it took them whatever it was, six months or nine months or a year, but eventually they had to give them over. And so use that. You are People don't realize how empowered they are to get information from government. They think that they are not entitled to know anything. In fact, you're entitled to know a lot, not everything. There are some things that are privileged and exempt. Uh, you can't get private information about people, things like that. But there's a lot that you are entitled to, and people should use it. Now, you have a story. Uh, Jeff Reynolds did the reporting at LegalInsurrection.com. And this is a question about how are, are, are parents being effective in, in, in their methodologies, right? And I do agree with you that you have to stay focused and on task and don't confuse the issues and don't uh, muddy up uh, the waters. Be focused on what it is that you're doing. This was an update to a story, and we shared this story, where an Oregon school district was going to display, along with the American flag, a Black Lives Matter 
flag and uh, pride flags, right? Uh, gay pride flags, rainbow uh, flag. And you have the update well, uh, have that the Oregon School District voted not to display these things. So was this a question of it got media attention from people like yourself at LegalInsurrection.com, and therefore they said, oh, we don't want the heat? Or was this parents in, of all places, Oregon saying, yeah, this isn't what we mean? Right. And by the way, Oregon, it was the progressive pride flag, not the f- pride flag we're all used to seeing. My it's mistake. The new version that's, you know, kind of hard left and they've got different colors and they've got different things on it. So it's Black Lives Matter flag and progressive pride flag. And I think it was just attention. You know, one of the things that's amazing is, you know, uh, people just showing up at a board meeting and complaining and voicing their opinions has a profound effect. And I think that if, you know, public, one of the things that I think, you know, succeeded for uh, Nicole last night was that half the crowd that showed up was there supporting her and really laying into um, the board for prosecuting or persecuting this mother who just wanted what they should have given her in the first place. And so people showing up. You know, we always complain about all this stuff that happens in our schools and in our towns that, you know, all these lefty activists are getting their way. Well, where are you? Show up for the town council meeting. Run for town council. We had a speaker at one of our webinars who ran for his town school board and won. Okay, run for election for something, not, you know, nationally, but run for your school board. Get involved in your parent teacher association. Get involved. We need there are, I think, 13,000 school public school districts in the United States. We don't need a million people to do this. We need a handful of people in each district can have a profound impact. Uh, in shedding light on what is happening, because a lot of the people pushing this stuff, they don't want you to know. They like the school doors to be shut. They like to have control over everything. And to a certain extent, they are entitled to that. But there's also entitled parents to get information. And if they don't want to give it to you, that's the biggest red flag that you need to get it. William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor. It's LegalInsurrection.com, and you can also go to CriticalRace.org. We're going to keep up with these conversations. i got to bring you out to Indiana and do an event, man. we got to put that together. Absolutely. I would do yeah. it in a heartbeat. Yeah, we will, we, we will start working on that for some time this summer and get people ready for the school year coming. William Jacobson, Legal Insurrection, always a pleasure. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.